Hello and welcome to the Hugenhoff Podcast, episode 89. Unfortunately, it is just me today. Laura and I did record an entire podcast, but my recording software messed up and I lost the entire episode. So that's a bit frustrating. Um, also, this is probably a day or two late, so sorry about that. Anyway, um, we did the Gilfagetting, and we will be going back to that next week, or I mean next month, uh, but for now, I'm going to do one of these Inspired By series on the runes. Today is a rune that I really like. I mean, I like all of the runes, I suppose, but um, it's it's a really cool rune. So, we will get into that momentarily. Before we do, let me go over some station news. Of course, if you want to email me, feel free to do so, and that is hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com, or check out my website, which is hugenhoff.org. That's www.hugenhoff.org, H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F dot org. There you can find the runes, since we'll be talking about those. You can also find um, contact information and the podcast page, where you can listen to podcasts or subscribe to the RSS, which is what I do. And, fun story, I my phone broke a couple days ago, just because I've had it for a long time. It's an older phone, um, but it broke, but I have it under warranty, so they gave me a new one to replace it, which is really nice. And I use Podkicker, as I've mentioned before. Now, I don't think that Podkicker is backing up your podcast, but I use Google to back up my phone, which is free. And when I got my new phone, it's it asked me which apps I wanted to re-download to like, sync with my old phone. I didn't connect them because the old one was broken. I just did it like online, and I said, like, well, re-download you can say re-download all your apps, but I said re-download Podkicker and a couple other apps I still needed. And it uh, restored Podkicker to have all of the RSS feeds and even the podcast that I had downloaded, so I didn't lose any progress, which is something that happens a lot when you switch phones or podcast players or whatever. Um, but yeah, if you just have Google back up your phone... And then when you get your new phone, say, to download all your apps or sync all your apps, then you won't actually lose any progress. Or I should say I didn't lose any progress from Podkicker Pro when I got the new phone, which was super nice. Um, anyway, I thought I'd pass that along. So if you are on Google and you are or Android and you are not using the free backup that Google offers, um, I suggest you did. It helped me out a lot. Anywho, I also want to mention that you can find Lore's multiple books on Amazon. And just, I think, just look for Stephen Oaks. And you should find any of him, any of his. The newest one he wrote, Let's Get Drunk, is out. Or, uh, so that's fun. Um, there's going to be links in the show notes, so you can get them that way. Just just type in Stephen Oaks. There's a bunch of books out there. Uh, they're good, so read them. My book is still out there, Byron Rogers' Lightbringer. Uh, yeah, that's still there. You can still get my D&D stuff, if you're curious, at frothnir.com, F-R-O-T-H-N-I-R.com. So we've got a lot of little side projects going on, but I think that's all of them. Uh, so now let me jump into the topic. All right. AWAS is what we're going over. And 
so this is something classically hard to do. Describe what a rune looks what like. It's the one right after Yera, and it's like, I, I can't describe what it looks like. I guess like a long line with a little flag on each end, sort of. Go to the website to look at it. That will just be infinitely easier. And it means the letters are IE, like together IE, and it's not used for writing words a whole awful lot. Um, it's a very powerful rune for a lot of other reasons, but that's like the linguistic translation, IE. It means yew tree or yggdrasil. The, what I have written is the connection between Asgard, Midgard, and Hell, traveling the world, the connections between the worlds. So obviously this is going to be an interesting rune. The rune poem, the, my favorite one is in the Anglo-Saxon rune poem. It is uh, EO, E-O-H. The yew is a tree with rough bark, hard and fast in the earth, supported by its roots, a guardian of flame and a joy upon an estate. So, uh, what does this rune mean? This is kind of hard, but kind of if we look at what's been happening in the rune poems, you, you're in the Heimdall's Et, which I said was sort of like a transitional fray, which can represent like the transitional phase of a person or the magical elements of of a person or the world. Because um, remember, the first one, phrase at, is like the earthly things, how we interact with the earth. And then Heimdall's at is sort of how we interact with um, magical things or spiritual things, I think. And then tears at has to do with how we interact with... Uh, society and family and stuff like that in in one reading of the runes there's there's lots of ways to read the runes and there's not a right and a wrong one this is just a way that i'm looking at them so if you look at this you have the idea of like destroying starting here at the top destroying the old self being very necessary the first thing you have to do working or identifying that need in yourself giving it time to grow with isa having it sprout into something the change that you're looking for with yara um or more than having it having it sprout into something planting this planting the seed starting the cycle that'll eventually sprout into something and then he was or i was is like the most magical part of this whole thing where you're actually connecting between Asgard and Midgard, or you're traveling the world tree, or there's some sort of connection to divinity, maybe here. Um, so this is a really important part of this whole process of the runes that we're going through. And that's why I think it, well, it's such an important rune, because this is all about the connection that you have with the gods, connection that you have with the other worlds, the connections you have with all this non-earthly stuff and then the next thing that comes up is perthos or lot box which is chance luck fate things like that and the idea is that is the outcome of this connection that we have we can change our fate we can modify our fate to some extent and the the change that comes will often look like chance or luck even though maybe it's from this step where we connect to the other worlds. So this rune is all about connecting to the other worlds, Asgard and Hell. Um, it's all about connecting to the gods, to your ancestors. And really it's all about the 
the yew tree or Yggdrasil. It's all about traveling the world. If you were doing a working where you wanted to travel the world tree, this rune would probably be involved. And actually, if you look at it, it looks sort of like a tree. You know, the middle part is the trunk, and then you've got like the leaves part on the top and the root part at the bottom. You can see how that could look like a tree. So that's what it's about. It's about connecting between the world. So this is not the meaning of the runes podcast. This is thoughts inspired by. So what this makes me think of is that connection you have to the other world and to deity. That's something really hard in religion. And I, I especially think modern day religion where, I mean, everybody's going to have different thoughts on what it means to connect to the gods. And this brings up all the we're talking about connecting to the gods, so this necessarily brings up the gods. And there's a lot of different thoughts about the gods. A lot of people think like, well, yeah, I'm also true because these stories are the stories of my ancestors. And I connect to my ancestors through these stories. And the gods are the potent, refined thoughts on uh, moral philosophies that my ancestors had. Some people might take it that way. So they're connecting to the thought of the ancestors or the thoughts of the ancestors. Or maybe they think they're connecting to history. Or you could do this archetypical thing and think that the gods are archetypes. And this rune would be about connecting to an archetypical understanding of the archetypes that make our people what they are today. But then some people, myself included, think that there are actually gods who actually exist, not in the same way that we do, obviously. They, they don't exist physically, but they exist as um, partially forces of nature, but that's not really doing them justice. They exist as, as a concentrated, they exist as, as entities that have wills. And I guess that's the big thing. There is there's something out there which is willful. Because that's, that's the thing that makes an entity an entity. If it's a god or if it's a person, or even if it's an animal. You know, an animal might have less of a will, but that, um, that motivating spirit, that thing that lets us make decisions. You know, we make rational choices in our lives and what let and what makes us do that what makes us make choices you know that's the special part about us the special thing that makes us different than inanimate objects and i think that gods have that too i think that gods make choices and this is about connecting to them you know in asgard a non-physical world but a world nonetheless that is full of you know, stuff and entities and things are going on there. And it's not just a dead world. And it's not just connecting to the past, but it's connecting to something living and, and vibrant. That's what this rune is all about. It's a hard one to discuss because in, especially in like a smaller religion, like we are, uh, you want things that bring you together. And when you start talking about the way Asgard works and you connect to the gods, you really start finding ways to like push people apart. Again, if I'm like, yeah, I think this is Darun about how you connect to the gods, you know, the physical gods that are non-physical entities that exist somewhere in Yggdrasil, 
that gives somebody else an opportunity to be like, well, are we really the same religion? Because I just think these are stories that shaped our people, and that's why I'm Ossetro. And yeah, so there's a lot of division in it, and there's always this thing like you... You don't want there to be division, but then on the other hand, you kind of do want there to be division because you want to be part of a group that that means something. If everybody believes literally whatever they want to, why are you even a group in the first place? Um, and me personally, I'm not a fan of organized religion. I just, I think it's done a lot of bad. I think that there's, don't get me wrong, there are groups of people who have done a lot of great things and people who have worked really hard. Um, for our religion and others too. But there's also organizations I don't agree with and I think have done more harm than good. And that's not just for our religion. There's plenty of examples, like, I don't know, the Crusades, where organized religion did not lead to anything good. I think it's important to have a connection to deity, however you see that and however you understand that. Um, but nobody else has to agree with you. That's the weird thing about organized religions to me. It's like, I think this is how you connect to deity. And someone else is like, here's this organization that agrees with you. Okay, has that validated my belief in any way? No, it just means more people believe it. There's a whole group of people who think the earth is flat. They're obviously wrong. Consensus doesn't mean correctness. So that doesn't make sense. And if you're like, I think this is how you connect to deity, and somebody says, well, there's not an organization that believes that, does that prove me wrong? Also, no. You know, there are all sorts of people who believed stuff that was not popular, like Copernicus or any other number of people. Anyone who's made a new theory that, you know, Einstein, anyone who's made a new theory that was once not accepted but now is, did not agree with the majority. So just because more people agree with you has nothing to do with if you're right or wrong. If you say I have a giant organization with 10 million people, that means literally nothing. I honestly don't care. Because what in what logical way does more people believing a thing make it more true? Now, does more people believing in a thing make it less true? No, it doesn't. Maybe everybody's right. That would be great. But it just, it doesn't make it true. So I don't understand the benefits you get. It's not that somehow truth is made by consensus. consensus. So that's not it. Um, it's not like there's a great track record where we see that organizing people and condensing power leads to great results. So that's not it. I just don't know if it's necessary. I'm not an organized religion fan. I guess that's what I'm saying here. Uh, but I think that this, still we can talk to people if we can be mature and responsible about it, which most people can. People are people. People as individuals, I think, are for the most part really good at discussing pe things and being open-minded. It's just when they're part of some organized group that says you're not allowed to ask this question that they get all like close-minded and weird and unwilling to debate things. I think people's natural state is to talk to other people and debate and be friendly and be nice. It's just when you get these organizations and they, they warp that into something weird to have this like group mentality that keeps people together. And that's, I, I understand kind of what it's from because we need a group mentality to some extent so we can all get along. You want the connection to your family to be close. You want 
to believe the same things your family does just so your family stays together as a unit and it's safer and you can protect yourself from other threats or whatever. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't have community. I'm just saying that sometimes organization leads to bad things. Anyway, uh, I don't know. You can agree or disagree. It doesn't matter. But short story is, I don't think we should be too ordered and too embroiled in organization and being this group or that group. Though also, obviously, I think society is a good thing, and I do not want anarchy to reign supreme. Uh, so back, and that was an entire tangent, as I am wont to do. The whole thing about this rune that I was talking about is it's about the connection between the world and it's about the world tree and traveling the world tree which of course does lead to a lot of interesting things like how do you travel the world tree if our gods are important to us and we want to understand our gods and talk to our gods how do we do that is it through meditation i i think it is is it through something else who knows is it physically a tree that you're walking along probably not it's probably a useful metaphor because a tree is in many ways a sign of life because, you know, especially a yew tree, because they survive the, their evergreens. So even in the winter, the tree would be green and alive. Um, it's also a very foundational thing. Trees don't normally move. They have roots. Uh, th there's a lot of symbolism of life in there. So you would think that the world being symbolized by a tree sort of makes sense, because the world is the cradle of life, and a tree is a symbol of life. But it's nice because a tree has branches, so it can represent paths that you would take. It has a top and it has a bottom, which is important. There's a difference between a top and a bottom. And you'll know as notice Asgard is on top. Hell is on the bottom. And in the Norse afterlife, hell is not the worst place you can go. Um, Nifel hell is. Nifel hell is far worse. So in hell isn't terrible murderers or anything but also hell isn't the place you want to go hell is sort of the people who are just there and just lived and never in my opinion this is probably very controversial in my opinion hell is the place where it was people who just sort of lived their life but didn't do much else they're people without like a really strong will to live and a real good honorable um, moral to carry them through lives. The people who just sort of existed didn't do horrible things, but didn't do good things either. You, I, I, I don't think you want to end up in hell. You want to end up in whatever it is, Valhalla or Gladsheim, depending on you know your patrons and what you do. And, and I feel like back to the will that I talked about earlier, the people who have a will to continue on are not the people who are going to hell. The people who are going to hell are the people who are fine with just existing. But I think I think a lot of people want more than that. They want to improve themselves. You know, we've all seen people who constantly strive to be better, and we've also always we've also all seen people who just kind of show up every day, and that's about it. And you know, they'll they'll come to work, they'll do what's required of them, they'll go home, they'll watch TV, they'll go to bed, and they'll do it again. But there's no like joy or passion in life. They're just existing, and those are the people I think that go to hell the murderers, the betrayers, 
of other men's wives or the seducers of other men's wives, the 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 oath breakers. They're who go to Nightfall Hell, and that's definitely the worst place. Yeah, but that's near the bottom of the tree too. So, so then you have the the better places like Asgard and Gladsheim higher up on the tree. So I think that there is the tree is nice because there's a definite top and a definite bottom. Top and bottom is not cut and dry, good and evil, but at the very least, there's less stagnant and more stagnant. There is better and worse. The top is better and the bottom is worse to some extent. That might be an oversimplification, but that's something that's in there. And and regardless of how real the yew tree is or why it's there, I think that it works as a very useful metaphor. If you were to do something like meditation, trying to travel to, meta, uh, metaphorically travel to Asgard to better understand the gods, I think that the tree analogy is a good one that would work. So, Yeah. That's that'd be a good thing, uh, but again, it's all about connection, as I said earlier. And I like this idea of connection that it's not a dichotomy where we're people here in Asgard and we're doing our thing, and we know the stories of the gods, and we just have to try to follow them, and then when we die, we're shuffled off into an afterlife. And it's either a good one or a bad one. But we can actually connect with the gods and communicate with the gods. And th this rune is like in the middle of the the rune poems. It's very it's centrally located. It's very important. Its position is central to the whole. Its position is central in the rune. In, in the Elder Futhark is what I'm trying to say. Sorry, it's it's like in the middle of the Elder Futhark because it's very important. Very much Ostru is about um, connecting to the gods. So I was momentarily distracted because Saka came in and asked for candy. Um, but that sort of leads in nicely. It's Halloween today. That's when I happen to be recording it. I like the holiday of Halloween. And it's got a lot of roots in connecting with the ancestors and especially connecting with the dead. Uh, that's something that I really like. I like the idea that we're not just like taking on faith that the gods are probably real and we should probably do what the lore says, and then at the end, you know, we get shuffled off to the afterlife we want or the one we don't. But it's about a communication, a communication with the gods, but also communication with your ancestors, a feeling of closeness to your, to your ancestors who have come before you, and a real connection to them just because somebody is in a different world, if it's the gods or the afterlife like your ancestors, doesn't mean there's no connection at all. Now, our ancestors, they're, they're great people and they deserve our respect. They don't necessarily have the ability to talk back to us quite as easily as the gods who are much older, much more wise, and much more powerful. So you're not always going to get an answer from your ancestors. You might. That kind of depends on your connection with them and your belief and stuff like that. I, I don't think it's impossible to have a connection to the ancestors. I think it's likely you'll have a connection to certain ancestors. Um, 
But I also think that you can have like strong connections to the gods. So I, I think that something important to do is try to connect to the gods and also try to connect to the ancestors. I think there's a desire to do this and there has been for a long time. You know, in the old days, we probably just tried to, we probably just connected to the ancestors and to the gods. But I've been listening a little bit to the history of spiritualism, which was the 19th century thereabouts, where there's this whole revival. Yeah, I guess it was a revival. There's this whole revival with the idea that you can speak with the ancestors and just because somebody's dead doesn't mean they can't talk to you. And that was there because we want that to be true and we need that to be true because deep down we know that we can connect to the ancestors. But a lot of society says that you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to believe in ghosts. You're not allowed to um, summon relatives who have passed on. A lot of those are religious reasons, especially the time before the 19th century, you know, when you look at the spiritual, the spiritualist revival and like the Salem witch trials, well, a lot of the things the spiritualists were doing, if they did them back in Salem's time, they would be burned as witches. Um, so, so I think that movement was started in large part because we want to connect to our ancestors. Um, and I think that connection is just extremely important. We don't live in a vacuum. We don't live isolated in this moment. There are all these moments before and all of these moments ahead that make up this here and now and this moment. And I think all that history that creates the now is something that we want to and need to connect to. And all of those people and the gods who existed in the past and still exist in other worlds or something or somebody that we still need to connect to. And I think it's very easy today to be disconnected. And I mean that in a lot of different ways. It's definitely easy to be disconnected as in you don't have strong connections with your family and friends because instead of having those connections, you're on Facebook or playing video games, the thing I do or whatever the other reason is, we don't have those interpersonal, as strong as interpersonal connections as we should sometimes. You know, if you don't stay on top of that, you can lose out on those connections. And there's runes that uh, sum that up well that we get to later if we haven't already. I guess Wonjo would be a good example of that, which we've already gone over. So that's one kind of disconnection that we're having. But what I'm really talking about here is that spiritual connection to the gods, to the lands, and to our ancestors, which is really hard in today's society just because there's so much of... There's definitely a stigma if you believe in ghosts, for example, or even if you don't believe in ghosts, if you're like, well, I'm going to have a deep connection with my ancestors, I think there's a negative stigma to that to some extent. So that's something that you kind of have to get over. And if you say, I'm going to have a connection to Odin and Frega, that's definitely something there's going to be a stigma to as well. So we kind of have to work against that. Um, But I, I think it's just really important that we have this connection and we go out of our way to make sure that we're connected. Because I think if you have the gods and your ancestors be part of your daily life, um, it can be really help, 
or it can be really healthy for you. It can help you see that you're part of something bigger, that you're part of a larger legacy. And I think that can be good, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed. You can see like, well, I am part of something bigger and I have all of this past to support me and hold me up. And it can motivate you to be greater too, because you can you can again say, I have all of this past to support me and hold me up, but also I want to make my ancestors proud and I want to make my children proud and I want to make my dis- my descendants proud. Um, so it can be used as a motivational force as well. And also I just think that people are naturally social and people are naturally, I think that people are naturally spiritual and we want to have connections not only with other people, but we want to have connections with the gods and definitely we want to have connections with our ancestors. They're a huge part of who we are. They made us who we are and I think they're still around and they can still be connected to and they can still be a huge part of my, a huge part of our lives and we should embrace them and we should work towards that so that's why i really like this rune and i think i'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here but that's why i really like this rune it is all about the connecting in different worlds and i think that's something that we could we should definitely work on making a stronger connection between ourselves and the gods ourselves and the ancestors ourselves and the earth you know definitely we need to be more connected to the earth and the land whites and the elves and you know all of this stuff we we do not live in a vacuum as much as we think we do sometimes we do not live in a vacuum and we need to embrace these connections and forge these connections because i do think that they'll make our lives better because we can see the world for what it really is instead of looking through our very narrow telescope of regular everyday quote-unquote everyday life i think we may need to make a connected life a, a life where we connect with the gods and ancestors we need to make that our everyday life so we're not looking through the telescope of of simply physical experiences that we have so anyway to wrap up i think connection is really good Personally, I think meditation is hugely important. I know it's super hard to stay on top of it. I've definitely fallen off myself. Um, Fallen off and got back on quite a few times. But meditation is hugely important and helps with that connection. There's there's tons of other techniques, I'm sure, and whatever helps you connect to the ancestors. You know, that's what you should do. Um, But I think this connection is super important. So everybody, I would suggest, you know, you work on that a little bit. And also, thank you very much for listening. I've said this before, I'm not going to try to stretch these, I'm not going to try to stretch my podcast out to a certain time, like an hour or half an hour or whatever that is. I'm just going to talk until I don't want to talk again, or I'm just going to talk until I don't want to talk anymore. I think that keeps them from being boring because if I try to force myself to talk it comes out strained and and I get rambling and it gets boring and I already have a tendency to ramble and be a little bit boring so let's not make that worse so thank you everyone very much for listening Um, do remember to check out my website and you can find that at hugenhoff.org that's h-u-g-i-n-h-o-f.org feel free to send any email there hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com And check out Stephen Oaks and Byron Rogers Lightbringer, both of those on Amazon. Um, 
I think I think that's it. So thank you everyone for listening. Please look at the show notes and I will talk to you next month. Fra hail.